Today I'm talking with Heather, a former member of the World Mission Society Church of God. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you to uh, hear her story and to listen to some of the experiences that she had in this group, um, especially you know, if you're a current member or somebody that is considering joining this group, I think it's very much worth your time to just hear her out, listen to her share, honestly, just her experiences. Um, I think a lot of the times the WMSCOG will demonize former members. Uh, they will insult and attack their character. They'll attack their motives for, for why they're making these videos. Uh, I think that's just stuff that I hope you don't listen to. I, I, Heather deserves and these other former members deserve you to uh, just hear them out. Just hear out what they have to say. And then you decide if, if, if the WMSCOG is right or if they're right. But I think you're going to find a lot of her um, experiences insightful. I think there's going to be a lot that she talks about that you'll be able to relate to personally if you're still in this group. And I think she she has some stuff to say for you if you're considering joining or if you've recently joined that you, you should really consider and inform yourself here by listening to her about what, what exactly it is that you're getting yourself into uh, with this group. Well, Heather, hello, and, and thanks for, for coming on and being willing to share your story with us. Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I did do uh, an interview with Josue on the Simple Christian podcast. Um, I was in, I was baptized in the Church of God uh, in 2010, so it's hard to kind of fit everything into just a right. few clips. Um, so I don't know if you want me to start from the beginning and how I kind of came into the Church of God. Yeah, I think that's, let's let's start there. I, I think it'd be helpful to know kind of what, where were you kind of at in your life um, when you joined and what were the reasons looking back now that you think you are drawn to this group? So in 2010, um, I, I was in San Diego. I was actually on Camp Pendleton and um, I had an older brother who is about a year older than me. So we were pretty close growing up. Um, and he was in the Navy and, uh, he, we were raised actually in Christianity. My grandpa's a pastor. Uh, so we were fami pretty familiar with, uh, Christianity. Although I will say that after I turned 18, I, uh, kind of was doing my own thing. I was, yeah. uh, I yeah. became a, a young mom. So I was on Camp Pendleton and um, I was actually thinking about joining the church there on base. And that week, my older brother called and, um, you know, we were talking and he was saying that he was attending a church and he just kind of laid it all out on me. He normally they don't normally the members there don't bring up, you know, uh, An Sung Hong or Heavenly Mother, but uh, my brother did, and he was just... Right up front. Yes, uh, he was really up front with me, and he was like, I'm going to this church, and I just want you to know that Sundays are bad. You're not supposed to go on Sundays. You're supposed to go on Saturdays, and that, you know, uh, Second Coming Christ already came, and uh, he came in 1948, and there's a mother God and she's alive now and she's South Korea. 
And so he just he just laid it out. Wow. He did. That's abnormal. <laughs> exactly. And so my I my reaction was just like, okay, th there's something wrong. Like this, I, I asked him. I was like, there's no mother God in the Bible. And he's like, it's there, it's there. She's everywhere in the Bible. And I was like, where? And he and he really didn't give me an answer. He just said, you have yeah. to study. Okay. And um, as my brother, I looked up to my brother because he always continued in his faith. And I kind of stepped away and he would mm -hmm. always read his Bible. Um, he, he, he always had memorized the Bible really well. Like if I wanted to know where a verse was, he would just give it to me right there. So I really looked up to him and I trusted him. But at the same time, I was worried. I knew that this, like I knew that something didn't go well with what he was telling me. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kind of was like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. And so uh, a few months passed by and it happened to be his birthday. And so I was like, hey, I want to take you out for, for lunch. And so he was like, okay. Um, so I went to Santee and that's where the main San Diego branch is. Um, and I went there and he wanted me to pick him up at the church. And I was like, um, okay, but I'm not getting out. <laughs> and when I got there, he was like, hey, come out, come out. You know, I want you to meet the members. And I was like, no, no, you know, because I have my younger son. I don't, I don't feel like getting out. And he's like, no, just come out. I'm taking out the trash. And I was like, you're taking out their trash. I was like, why? That's weird. And <laughs> he's like, just come out, just come out. And so I came out and um, it was really strange. It was everyone was like hi god bless you you know like uh yeah, right. just like overly nice Love bombing. overly yes and they're just giving me tons yeah. of compliments they don't even know me yeah. um and my brother introduced me to so in the in the zions is or in the church of gods um, there's the pastor and the pastor's wife that live there. And then there's usually a couple that lives there too. That's kind of like an assistant. And so who I met first was the assistant. Um, and you, you might be familiar with the name. He's a uh, missionary, John. Um, and gosh, I can't think of his last name right now, but he's, uh, he's pretty, you know, he's pretty uh, well known to the whole area. Yeah, a lot of the members know who he is. Um, mm -hmm. He was deacon at the time, uh, Powers, I, John Powers. Okay. Um, he was deacon okay. at the time, and he was the he was a teacher of the youth group, and that's where my brother was. He was in the youth, and um, he, him and his wife came out, and they're just like, hi, you know, and his wife is Korean, and she was so sweet, and, she, you know, she was just like, they were just trying to get me to study, basically. And yeah. so after lunch, um, when I came back, they asked me to study and I was like, okay, you know, I'm used to the study. That's like, um, the Bible studies that like starts as a group, you know, and it's like at 6 PM or something. This is yeah. like in the middle of the day yeah. and it's like one-on-one -on -one. and in, um, a, in a closed room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was in a closed room and it was like, no one was in there. It was just a, a big, huge whiteboard. And, um, you know, my brother was sitting next to me and, um, 
someone who I never met, you know, was taking my son and my son wasn't even a year old yet. And I've never left him with anyone. And um, I was just like, oh man, I'm not comfortable with this, you know? And they're like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. And it kind of like just pushing me into the room. And so I was just like, oh gosh, okay. And um, we ended up studying uh, the Sabbath day and we studied um, um, about us being angels before the secret forgiveness okay. of sins. And um, I will say that the Sabbath caught me off guard because I was raised in church and I never knew that I didn't realize that Sunday was the first day. I always thought it was the seventh day. So I guess I would say out of all those studies that kind of caught me off guard because yeah. he asked Deacon John Powers, he asked me, he's like, what day is the seventh day? And I said, with a lot of confidence, I said Sunday. And, um, and he's like, no, you're wrong. And when he showed me the calendar and he showed me the dictionary, I was like, oh my gosh, you know? And um, do, you, do you feel like in that, that initial Bible study was did it feel as if, and, and was a lot of the content of what they're saying aimed at discrediting other churches um, and other oh, belief yeah. systems? Yeah, yeah. So, so the main thing they'll say is, yeah, so no churches keep uh, Saturday. So they're all wrong. And yeah. and my heart sank because I was raised, my grandpa's a pastor and he's going on Sundays and I'm just thinking about all these people who just don't know. And just the way he yeah. says it, it's just like, there's nowhere you can go for salvation. No one yeah. is teaching the truth. You know, yeah. they set it and up that way. I think this is a very common strategy that cults will use. Uh, always. You look at Mormonism and, and they're a big one that does this exact thing. Joseph Smith, uh, you know, he has the infamous statement about how all all churches, all organizations, all other uh, churches besides theirs are corrupt. And and uh, basically that same thing. They, they begin by kind of clearing the table. They, they, they discredit every other group, every other denomination. Um, and so that I'm saying that just to say that's a sign of a cult that's you look at that and that's that's a very similar characteristic as a lot of these other groups that claim that they're the only ones with the truth another thing that sticks out to me about that when i hear that is that something we're often uh that i see in the comments often from members is they'll be upset and angry that we're speaking against this group and they'll say why don't you just you know just leave us alone why why aren't you picking on other groups why aren't you why are you attacking us and and my response to that is, well, you guys, the very foundation of the teachings that you'll do when you're, you're going out and evangelizing is discrediting not only, you know, my belief system, but every other belief system out there. And so how can you be offended or surprised when there's groups that are, you know, you know, you don't even have to use the word attack. Like we're just we're just kind of responding to the evangelistic teaching that you're doing um, where you're trying to discredit every other belief but yours. And so anyways, uh, just a couple things that I think of when you bring up how they kind of function in those, those initial Bible studies. Exactly. Yeah. It was very much like that, very much, you know, attacking Christianity, um, in general, you know, they try to set themselves apart from, um, Christianity, you know, they're the truth and, um, 
I, I guess when I say Christianity, I mean mainstream Christianity. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, when I was baptized, I mean, they asked me to be baptized. I didn't even know on Song Hong's name. I just knew that Christ came again um, in 1948. And then I knew there was a mother, but I, they didn't reveal his name to me. And so I didn't really make the connection that when they say second coming Christ came, I still thought Jesus. I didn't think anything about another name. So when they baptize me, you know, they baptize you in the name of, Je it's very, it's very dramatic, you know, in the name of Jehovah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Holy Spirit, Ansang Hong. And so as soon as he finished saying that, I was like, I don't, my heart started beating and I got very nervous and anxious. And, you know, next they baptized my son and, um, after, you know, I got dressed and everything, um, cause they have you wear like these robes and whatnot. But, um, after I got dried off, um, I pulled my brother aside and I was like, Hey, what was that name? And he's like, what name, you know? And I'm like, um, Ansung Hong. And he's like, uh, that's second coming Christ. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I thought it was Jesus. I thought Jesus comes a second no. time. And he's like, no, it, it is Jesus, but he has a new name. You have to study more, you know, you just have to study. And so I went home and they gave me the Brown book to read and I was home and I was reading it and I just felt, um, I don't know the right word. I just felt gross. I just felt. Mm -hmm. You knew, you knew, you knew there was something off, something wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. I felt it. And I, I brought this feeling up next time I studied and, um, he just brushed it off and he said, you know, that's Satan working. That's, yeah. that's yeah. Satan wanting you to not be saved. And so then I was just like, okay, but actually now when I think about it, you know, it was most likely my gut feeling that was like, Hey, you know, like this isn't right. But because they set it up and because they kind of brush it off and brush off your feelings, I just kept on studying and I so, kept studying. So, so then how long did you end up staying in the church? So it's, it sounds like you were, you know, from the very get go, you were pretty bothered by, by them. Did that, did that continue your, was that kind of your whole experience? Did you kind of learn to, to embrace Ong Song Hong and, and um, or or did did that kind of continue to bother you until you left? Um, well, my first goal was to go and try and disprove them to get my brother out. Um, so as I kept studying with the Deacon John um, Powers and my brother, I just the Bible studies were not connecting for me and. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't a Christian as far as like, I didn't read the Bible as much as I should have. So I couldn't defend the Bible. And so when they were doing studies with me, um, I would feel like they were overreaching conclusions. And um, the more and more I did Bible studies, the more I was just like, you know what, I'm not understanding this. And I, and I would voice, you know, my concern. I would say, I'm not understanding yep. these Bible studies. 
And that is when they brought the missionary there, the female missionary from San Diego, um, Brother J- um I don't know why I call him brother. It's a habit. Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, who did the video, he he's familiar with missionary. Um, he's brought her okay. up a couple times. Um, and she's a force, you know, she's, yeah. she is very, uh, I don't know. She's strong willed. She has a strong personality and I'm more, I'm more kind of timid. And so she started studying with me and um, she took me up into a room and it was actually not a study room. It was just like a storage room. So it was like full of stuff. And she she came and she was like, so what's your problem? Why why, why don't you believe in An Song Hong? Is it because he's Korean? And I didn't want to say yes because she's Korean and I didn't mm-hmm. want her to feel bad. So I was just like, I just don't understand. And so she just started giving me a Bible study of word vomit is the best word yeah. I can explain. Yeah. It was so fast and she was just going back and forth in her Bible and I couldn't even follow along. And she was like, at the end, she's like, so do you understand now? And just kind of very, um, I don't know, Forceful. like a bully. <laughs> and uh, so after that, after she became my leader, I just started to, I guess, just push back my feelings and push back my thoughts. And I just started to um, accept the, I guess, quote unquote, the truth, according to mm-hmm. them. And um, I just, uh, little by little, I stayed in and I just started, I just would ignore my own thoughts. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to have your own thoughts in the church of God. You're not allowed to have emotion. Yeah. And that, that seems evident from what you're saying and just kind of the response they had to your sincere questions is, um, you can, you can just tell by, you know, the, the, the way you're describing their response that they were just very frustrated and upset that you weren't just falling in line, that you weren't just becoming the robot, accept the programming, you know, stop rejecting it. It, it, it just gets down to where it just, that, that to me is just an evidence of them not having a, so much of a sincere care for you, what you are feeling what even just like a genuine understanding and patience with your questions is more just like a, come on, get with, get with the program, literally the programming, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I stayed, I mean, I, I became a unit leader. I was, it was right when I was training to be a group leader is when I started to just back off and back away I actually came to my leader and told them I, I want to step down from being a leader. And after that, it was just different. I- and how long, how long, how, um, how long had you been in the group before that you kind of got to that point? So my very last service was in 2019, but I stepped down from my leadership role in 2018. Okay. And you joined... What year? You might have said it. Sorry. That's okay. 2010. 2010. Okay. So you were in there for a number of years then. Yeah, about eight years, eight or nine. Wow. Okay. Okay. And all the while you you had these questions and these doubts that you were just kind of being forced to shove under the rug. Yeah, I had, I mean, the Bible studies just were not 
solid for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And whenever I question that, I mean, you're so you're allowed to have questions as a newcomer, as a member. But once you become a leader, once you become someone who's preaching in the church, then those questions you will get rebuked for. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, as a member, as a newcomer, if I would say it's not making sense, they would ask me what specifically, and I couldn't always provide an answer as to what yeah. specifically. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't, I don't know that I've heard um, many members that expressed having such a, you know, just a hard time feeling convinced about the, the the teachings in the Bible studies. I think most people that I've talked to seem to have thought that their, you know, their Bible studies are, can be to some, I think really convincing. And so it's just interesting. I wonder if, if that had a lot to do with your upbringing and, and maybe teaching from the Bible that you'd been exposed to in the past that you maybe not, weren't even fully conscious of or aware of that was just kind of like, kind of a, a gate against this, this, deceptive doctrine that they were trying to teach you. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I did fully believe once I shoved my feelings Mm -hmm. aside, um, I did feel like I was convinced and convicted. I -hmm. mean, the number one um, thing that pushed me was fear of hell, uh, guilt. I mean, that's, that's their number one drive into members is guilt. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything is, and I'm already um, a sensitive person and an emotional person. So, you know, when, when you constantly get fed, how, you know, you're a sinner, how dare you make heavenly mother feel pain? You know, they even teach you that when, whenever a member is baptized, heavenly mother feels birth pains over and over again. And (laughs) so it's almost like, no matter what I do, I'm always hurting God. And yeah. um, I was never good enough for God. I was Very never, no matter what I did. Yeah, so that um, that is what really caused me to just keep pushing forward and push away my feelings. Um, but the missionary there that was my leader, she was really involved into personal lives really involved into direction of um, my personal life as far as my relationships, my marriages. Um, I did share a little bit on the Simple Christian podcast about um, how after my divorce, um, she introduced me to um, a brother there. And I told her I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't know anything about him. Um, I'm not attracted to him. I, I don't want to date him. And uh, right there, she told me, you know, you're, you're so shallow. You're a sinner. How dare you expect to have a, a good husband? She, those words literally came out of her mouth. And it what, she just kept repeating it. And it was just to the point where I was like, okay, fine. No, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And I did. And so at the wow. end of the day, I don't know how many sisters she's done that to. And I think about it a lot. 
I that, think about that, a lot of the members. That it's tragic, really. I mean, it's, it's, um, man, I mean, I, I know God can redeem even those situations and, and those marriages, but it's, yeah, that, that's, that's bordering on something. I mean, that, that should be illegal <laughs> what the, what they're doing in that way. And then there's a lot of, there's a lot of denial about arranged marriages happening in this group. And, and some might argue that that wasn't an arranged marriage necessarily, but, but you were, they're, they're manipulating and, and pushing members mostly against your will. It, it's you're, you're agreeing to the marriage ultimately, but it's after they've done their manipulating guilt driven work in your mind to, to really program you to accept it. Right. I mean, when you, these members, members of church, world mission society, church of God is such a long name. Um, when they, once they come into the truth, their number one goal is to please mother God. So if a leader is telling me, or if, if they're ashamed or if they're making me feel like I'm committing a sin by saying no, then of course I'm going to want to do everything I can to just give, just follow their direction, you know? Even if it means, yeah. Even if it means somewhat ruining your life by getting into a relationship with somebody that you really should not be. Yeah. Yeah. And even when we were dating, it was kind of like, do you guys have a date yet? And it was like, okay, you know, like I barely know this person. We were married probably a month later. I barely knew him. It didn't, eventually it didn't work out. And I asked Mm -hmm. my missionary, I told her, I was like, you know, this is what happened. And, you know, I'm, we're just not seeing eye to eye. You know, he, he disciplined my son and, um, and it's like, I don't know you. And we didn't discuss really how to discipline. And I didn't agree with how he was disciplining my son. So it was just other things too. We were just not eye to eye on things. And um, when I pulled the missionary aside and I was like, I, I, this is not working out. I want a divorce. And she just kind of grabbed my elbow and shoved me into the room and was like, just gave me the most harshest rebuking I've ever had. And um, I just cried myself to sleep that night. And she was, you know, basically just told me the same thing, you know, you're, you're such a disgrace, you know, dis- disappointment, you're a sinner, you know, how dare you? And um, I think ultimately it was probably because she was the one who set us up and it was more like a pride thing, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's going to look bad for her. Yeah. So, I mean, eventually I um, was, I moved to a different Zion, a uh, different church of God. Um, so I, you know, completely different members, different leadership, um, but still under San Diego as a branch. So San Diego church has branches. Like they have um, Chula, well, I guess Chula Vista is their own branch now, but um, they have like Escondido, they have other ones in the surrounding area that still report to San Diego. So I went to a different zone that still reports to San Diego. And um, that's when I started training to become a group leader. And, um, and that leader there was like, are you divorced yet? You know, when are you going to be divorced? And kept asking me. And finally I was divorced. And then immediately after he wanted me to set up, be set up with another member there. 
And I'm just like, <laughs> like, I don't, why do you guys keep doing this? Like, I don't, yeah. I'm like, if I'm going to get married again, then I want to pick my own person on my own. That's, that's a reasonable, that's a reasonable desire to have. <laughs> right. And so I ended up picking my own husband who I preached to actually, um, we met at work and we're still married today. today. Okay. So yeah, that's, we ended up getting married, but. Um, so with all this, what, how do you feel like this group impacted you like as a person, like your personality, the, the person that you were before pre being in the WMSCOG and then how do you feel like it affected who you were while you were in this group, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, so before, you know, I, I was all about, you know, not judging anyone, um, just all about love. And um, I knew, I knew Jesus would love and I knew Jesus wanted to save and he did that through action and he did that by expressing love to others. And um, I think when I became baptized, um, I pushed away my uh, morals, I guess, if that makes sense. I, I became judgy. Um, mm -hmm. I would like not preach to homeless. I would not preach to if I if I had a coworker who I know knew was homosexual, I wouldn't preach to them. Uh, and why, why was that? Was that, was that influenced by teaching that you were hearing or what you were being led to do? Or was that more just what do you feel like the self-righteous attitude you were having yourself? No, I mean, they teach not to preach to homeless. They teach not to preach to anyone who is homosexual unless they are willing to change themselves. Um, they teach that. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that they are going to deny it, but I was taught that. And I know other members were taught that. Um, my brother actually, who I looked up to, um, he is homeless now and, um, he, the church kicked him out because just because of that. Yeah. Just because he's homeless. Wow. And so, um, so you feel then like this group didn't, the teaching, the the teachings from the Bible they were giving you, it wasn't forming you into a, a more loving, more kind, more gracious person. No, absolutely <laughs> not. It was more judgmental. I was yeah. more I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to my family. I I anyone who like during Christmas time um, members would just constantly be like, oh, look at that person, you know, with all those lights in, in their house. Like everything, it was about just making fun of people who they preached to. After I went preaching, members would gather for lunch and members would literally just sit around and be like, yeah, I preached to this one girl. And, um, you know, she was just so, you know, about holidays and stuff. And, you know, it's just like, okay, whatever. It's like, we, we've got it together and everybody else is just Yeah, it was very there. like, there's, they feel like they're so righteous. Yeah. And yeah. even when I was training to be a group leader, that's when I was just really over it. Because um, towards the end, when I was about to leave, I actually became pregnant. Um, and leaders who become pregnant are just kind of looked down upon 
um, because mm -hmm. once you're a leader, you should dedicate your life to the gospel. Um, and that means that if you become pregnant, you're wasting nine months or so, maybe sometimes even a year because you're taking care of a newborn. Um, so it's, it's not really heard of that group leaders or deaconesses become pregnant. There are some who, who do, I will say, but um, like I said, you get treated differently. You get looked down upon. Members talk behind your back. Um, I had to you, work like overtime at work and constantly sisters would talk about me. So, so in, in regards to that, do you feel like, or did you ever witness any sort of pressuring toward abortion? Because I, I feel like I've heard that in the past. Was that, was that something that was encouraged? Um, was that, was that, I'm, I'm curious if that was like mentioned to you or no, it actually was not because I was already, I already stepped down from my leadership role. I already, I was already kind of pushing away from Church of God at that point when I, when I became pregnant. So I was not told about abortion or anything, but I have okay. heard rumors, but I can't, you know, right. confirm them. Yeah. But. Yes. Okay. I was just curious because I, I've heard that before and I didn't know if that's a, that's a common, commonly experienced thing or not. Say though that the, the Noah's son story about, um, I don't know if you've heard about it, but the it's like a race, this Bible study and um, about Noah's sons. And then mm -hmm. I, can't, I think it's Ham. It, um, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah I, I was what, taught that directly. I think it is Ham. Yeah, Curse of Ham or something like that. And um, the missionary there taught me that study. And, you know, she said, this is why Blacks are cursed. That's what she said. And mm -hmm. um, I was just like, this is weird. You know, this is kind of like racist. Doesn't seem like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like God would say something like yeah. that. Um, so when missionary Ron Ramos, when he made that video, and he mentioned the Bible study of the Noah's study that he was given. Um, the Church of God actually took his video and kind of edited it, edited it and made it kind of like, oh, he's lying, you know, um, and showed pictures of like African-Americans in the Church of God trying to like disprove yeah. it. But it, yeah. I remember sitting there and I was like, OK, I was taught that study. How are you going to say now that that's a lie? So that's so, kind of like little things that was happening. So they're, they've been kind of trying to move away from that. Is that right? And, oh, and yeah. kind of remove themselves and, and it'll probably end up in one of the categories of teachings that they never taught, you know, um, right. when, when something becomes problematic and, and starts to make them look bad and they begin to realize, Oh, this, this teaching isn't good for us. Well, they'll get rid of it. And then, you know, years down the line, they'll just say, oh, no, we never, we never taught that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. they do that now with the Noah's son study. Um, they, okay. say they, never, they never taught it, but I mean, so, that's ridiculous. So how did this being in the group, did it imp impact you? I, I think you, you mentioned it a little bit, but did it impact your relationships with family and, and your friends from before being in the group? Um, so when I, when I started becoming more involved and a leader at that point, um, 
I had no friends. I mean, I didn't have any friends. The friends that I did have um, were, you know, more involved into like going out. And I, I remember I was, I had roommates because uh, a lot of the times Church of God members will just be roommates with each other to save money on rent. Um, so I became a single mom and, um, I had a few roommates and I would work late at, uh, at my job. It was at Toys R Us at the time. Um, and so, you know, I would work late and I would come home late and then they would run and tell the missionary that I'm doing things at night. And it's like, are you serious? Like I'm working. And so the missionary would pull me aside and be like, what are you doing? You know, and I'm just like, nothing good happens at night, you know, and I'm like, I'm working. <laughs> and so um, one time I remember um, I got a different job. So my coworkers wanted to plan for me a like congratulations party. And so we ended up all going out for sushi that night. And um, the next day, like the missionary was like, you know, what are you doing hanging out with, uh, with sinners and, you know, people who are dead in the eyes of God, you know, and, um, that sounds familiar. I've, I, I once heard a, a Pharisee or two say that in the gospels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I couldn't do anything. I literally could not enjoy my time. I, okay. Something else ridiculous is I would shop clothes because I need preaching clothes. I need clothes, right? I would shop at Goodwill. And I remember shopping at Goodwill and the missionary was like, you're spending too much money on clothes. I'm like, are you serious? I went to Goodwill. They were just so much involved into everything I did. So this this is, I think, what all this is just painting a, a, a good picture for kind of what, what life is going to be like for those who are considering joining this group. It's like these, these, these examples you're giving, it, it, this is, this is kind of what you're signing up for. <laughs> if, if you're going to join the WMSCOG, you're signing up for a lot of these experiences. This is kind of the direction you're taking your life. Right. I mean, you can't have your own thoughts. You can't have your own emotions. Um, I was going through depression. Um, I remember one Sabbath day I was crying and the missionary was like, you need to stop crying right now. Other members are going to see you and they're going to see that you were crying and they're going to ask questions and we don't need that. And so I had to just shut off everything. I just, I, I was losing weight. I was like a size one or two. I, I mean, I would just, it was just, it was ridiculous. I mean, if you become a member, you're going to be told, you know, not to spend money on certain things. Um, Don't buy your, I mean, I was shopping at Goodwill and I got rebuked for buying clothes at Goodwill. Um, I shut off my family. Um, I didn't want to hang out with my family because I knew that they're going to ask about, where I've been and what I've been doing in the church. Yeah. And I knew that the holidays were going to be hard. Um, towards the end, the church of God was allowing us to go to family members' house houses for Christmas. Um, that was towards the end when I was about to leave. I don't know how lenient okay. they are now, but Interesting. in the beginning, it wasn't like, 
In the beginning, yeah. it was very strict. Yeah. So t- tell us more maybe about that that struggle with depression. And, and do you feel like that was, was that a, a long-term thing? Was it kind of a short period of time? And, and do you feel like it was caused by being in this group? Um, I feel like it has a lot of um, reasons why. I mean, I, I was going through a rough marriage in the beginning when I first got baptized. And I even had plans to, you know, leave him and move with with my mom, but the missionary talked me out of it. And I already knew that he was um, constantly cheating on me, but the missionary was like, just stay, you know, stay with him. And I think that had a lot to do with maybe because he was military and I wasn't making money on my own. And they knew that I would be using his money for ties and offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, so- yeah. And they're, they're very concerned about your tithes. Right. They were, they talked him into getting baptized. Um, even though he was atheist, um, he just got baptized because, <laughs> and it just didn't work out. And um, I think a lot of the issues that I brought into the church of God was from that marriage. Um, and uh, just being told to kind of leave the emotions before you step into the church of God. I think that just did more damage than anything. Yeah. I mean, um, there wasn't much sympathy then. You you had you okay, had a, no. a a real legitimate problem that that scientifically um, comes down to even chemical imbalances, and, and it's it's not just a, it's not just a choice to to not be depressed. You know, there's physical elements that are involved with with a struggle like that, and so rather than showing sympathy or, or helping encourage you or, or assist with pushing you toward medical help or what, whatever things that you actually needed, because this was a legitimate struggle, um, they didn't do any of that, but rather probably it sounds like made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I look back on, um, just being in the church of God, I feel like it was very robotic for me. I just had to just kind of put in the back of my mind all the emotional abuse that I experienced from leadership there. Um, you know, if you're depressed, it's kind of like, okay, we're sinners. It, everything is like, okay, we're all sinners. Like you're depressed because you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's the reason for everything. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I couldn't really vent, you know, like it's healthy to vent every now and then to maybe a leader or a pastor. I just felt like I could not vent. Um, and I could not really count on the missionary to just kind of soothe me or just yeah. give me words well, of advice. You are in the middle of a group of people that really, you know, you, they were all you had because of the way they, separate you from from the outside world but they they were more concerned with how your struggle was going to look to them and to the church than they were with actually being concerned with what you were feeling and experiencing yeah and that's so spot on 
I mean, all they're worried about is their image at the end of the day. Um, if you're not smiling, you need to smile and fake it till you make it is what they used to tell me. Um, image is everything to them. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting and significant that Jesus in one of his most famous teachings, the people that he says are blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who, uh, you know, th those who are lowly and, and, and contrite in heart. It's, it's, uh, it's a consistent teaching in the Bible, you know, Psalm 34, one of my favorite Psalms where it says that God is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the Christian spirit. God is not, yeah, that's what they're painting such a terrible picture of God um, that it's just, it's, it's almost unbelievable that, that they could walk in that. And yeah, it's just Sermon on the Mount. You have Jesus saying that the poor in spirit are blessed. And, and yet they're telling you, you can't even come to the house of God unless you're, you're willing to cover up all your emotions, all that you're really feeling, put on, put on this smile. Yeah, I mean, even to this day, I mean, it, what, my last service was in 2019, but I stepped down in 2018. But even to this day, I still struggle. I mean, um, mm -hmm. when I first left, you have fear, you have um, depression. I mean, you have, you feel so alone because they're the only people who you right. know, who you associate right. with. Right. Um, even though I had family, it's like, I haven't talked to them in so long. Like these members become your family in a way. Yep. And there's sisters that I, I've known since 2010 and I became nothing to them. Mm -hmm. I became a demon almost to them. Like, don't talk to her. Um, don't associate with her. And yep. um, it's very like, it's almost like your blinders come off and you realize like, oh my gosh, I'm, a, I'm utterly alone. And I mean, I, I guess if I was to give advice to members who are thinking of leaving, you know, I, I think step one is to just take time for yourself, mm -hmm. enjoy yourself, you know, whatever that may be, whether it's buying yourself something that you thought you could never buy before whether it's taking a spa day, you know, like take time for yourself, know who you are again, yeah. because who you are is only church of God. That's who, mm -hmm. when I broke away, all I knew about myself was World Mission Society, Church of God. I yeah. was nothing else. I, I became them. I yep. talked like them. Yep. I thought like them. And I think the second step is to deconstruct you know, do deconstruction where you research. I mean, that's so important because members, when they leave and they don't do research, they end up coming back to Church of God. And that's because they haven't broke down the whatever was dribbled in your mm -hmm. head at the time. It's important to deconstruct. What I did was I I, I mentioned to you, I mean, I, I saw your videos. I think the first video I saw was the, the Jeremy video on your channel. And, um, and I read every single comment. Like there are silent members out there who are reading comments. And mm -hmm. when Church of God leaves those type of comments, I'll, 
that you're only doing you're helping our videos out like, yeah you're doing a service to our videos really <laughs> yeah and and i think it was um i can't remember which account but they had a picture of mother and the comments are deleted now but the comments that they directed towards jeremy was mm -hmm. like are you serious you're going to comment that with mother at, yeah. on your picture like wow Wow. I don't know if it was a leader. Yeah, yeah, that, it sounded yeah, like yeah. it was a leader. Jeremy, I know, had a lot of um, pretty intense things being said to him in the comments that, that he made. He made a video or two responding to some of it. But it's yeah, that that's so true. And it's, you know, I mean, I'm getting comments today that I'm I'm reading through, you know, that I was looking at like an hour before doing this interview. And and uh, a common thing that I see is is what what I think is called ad hominem type of argumentation. So these people are coming on these comments, obviously these members that are angry, but they are, rather than responding to the criticisms or the problems being presented, the contradictions or the arguments we're, we're putting forth in the videos, or even responding to your guys' experiences that you're sharing, um, a lot of what's happening is just the, they'll insult my character and they'll insult you know, your guys' character, they just immediately go to, rather than objectively stepping back and thinking about what is being said and try, you know, researching and figuring out, okay, is this true? Is there a legitimate response to this? They'll just attack character. And, and so right now I'm, be, I'm being criticized on a regular basis right now because of the monetization on our channel, because um, yeah. And, and it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. And I think like you're saying, what that is doing is actually helping to hopefully the, the members like you, the silent members in the channel, it, it really is just adding to, in, in many cases, I think the videos we're putting out, it's just kind of a, uh, an addition to it to help further our argument about what this group is. Yeah, I mean, it was just, when I was reading those comments after you know I first left, I was like, it was almost like validating for me. Um, mm -hmm. So like I said, you know, if you're thinking of leaving a member and the most important thing is to just deconstruct everything that you were taught yep. and, you know, do your research. Yeah. Otherwise so, you're going to fall back into wanting to go back. Right. So, so were you, this is something I, I want to ask, ask you former members a little bit more. I'm, I'm curious at what point, in your journey, were you beginning to watch videos? And, and, and then I'm just curious, what, what videos that we have personally made did you find to be the most beneficial? Because as we continue moving forward to get feedback on you guys who are right there in the middle of it, we're making videos for a well, primary reason is for people like you, for where you are at. And so I'm just curious, at what part did you start? Was it before leaving? the the WMSCUG or was it after you'd left? And then what what content did you find most helpful in that time? Um, so I started, I actually didn't officially leave. Um, when I started watching videos, I was more at the, I think it was after I stepped down from my leadership role and started feeling different, like being treated differently. Um, that's when I started looking up videos. Um, and I, the first video that, I mean, I just typed in WNSCOG on YouTube and the first video was the Jeremy 
video. Yeah. He's done a good job with getting that to, to stick at the top. Yeah. So. And so yeah. I clicked on it. And when I knew, when I, when he revealed he was from San Diego, I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I started watching and then I was reading the comments. I was still go, I was still attending, but I was not, I, I guess you could say I was not um, attending faithfully. Like I would miss some services here and there. Um, but only after I stepped down from that leadership role is when I started watching videos and doing research okay. on the church. Um, okay. I mean, I had looked before, like maybe once I hit my five year mark, I, I, that was when I looked before on YouTube, but they weren't, it was weird. Like it, it hit me differently when mm -hmm. I was being treated, when I stepped down from leadership, like I did see a video before from a former member, but it didn't affect me. And I also didn't fully listen to it. It was kind of like one ear out the other for yeah. me. And that's cause yeah. I was still like a faithful yeah. member. So yeah. I almost wonder if that is what members do too, is they just pause it and they read the comments. Cause that's kind of what I did when I watched it the first time. Really? So, so you mean rather than you didn't really feel open to listening to what was being said in the video? No, not when I was faithful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think there is a lot of that going on, um, which is, which is understandable if you have this faith and it's a scary thing to have a faith, any kind of faith and to see somebody speaking and having arguments against it. It's, it, you know, you're going to want to try to avoid that. If you're, if you're not in a place where you want the truth more than you want to just be comfortable with, with what you've, you know, been believing. Um, but what, what was it? Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it's hard for members too, because they're taught that it's eating the tree of knowledge, good and evil. So, yeah. you know, I never wanted to really listen either because I was afraid I was going to go to hell or well, just the fear the the fear instilled it. It's, I think the analogy I use a lot is just those, the fear is the, is like the deadbolts that they put on the door. Once you've walked inside, it's, you know, it, and one of the ways to get out of this group is to go online and just research, but they, they bolt the door shut with the fear of, you know, you're going to die spiritually if you do that. And so, so what, what was it though, that, that really pushed you to go from being in the group and, you know, having, having things that you had kind of pushed under the carpet for years, probably. But what was it that kind of really was the core that made you say, okay, I'm, I need to move away from this. Um, it was a lot of little things. I mean, um, when I listened to Jeremy's video, um, it was the first video that you guys did the interview with him. Um, and, um, I read the comments. I mean, the comments and just the behavior who are supposed to be representatives of World Mission Society, Church of God. Um, I feel like um, that kind of revealed itself. You know, yeah. they were just yeah. being vindictive. They were being rude. Mm -hmm. They were calling him names, you know, um, that and also Big Shine. Um, I felt like, okay, like you guys have an, another... There's another company out there that explain what that is. Um, it's a company that 
um, it's Big Shine Energy or Big Shine Inc. or um, something like that. There's a few companies. Um, there's there's a company in Korea. There's a company in LA um, and New York, and um, they have a website as well. Um, if you type in the one from Korea, then you can see their locations. Um, I use the Wayback Machine to find other information from there as far as like um, the addresses, but I don't think they have them up anymore on the current website. Um, but I mean, what it is, is they they like have um, like the, you know how you're on the highway and it has those lights up there? Yeah. That's what yeah. they do. And then they have projectors. Um, which okay. we have in Zion and um, it's owned by uh, I think it's Daniel Lee um, and he's the pastor that's in New York and um, and then there's other there's other names that are connected to it that um, are in LA too um, so what about that did you see that was problematic to you what like what about that bothered you what bothered me is that when I researched the company, it said that it's worth uh, billions. Um, and I felt like that was a little shady for me. I, I just felt like it was a red, a red flag because, mm -hmm. um, you know, it said it only had like six employees working for that company, but it's worth billions. Like, how is that possible? I just, I don't, I can't wrap my head around that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did speak to a mom of a member who worked for Big Shine. Um, and she said that, you know, he was so poor, like they paid him barely anything. Um, but this company is worth billions. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't really fully, I still don't fully understand the company because there's not a lot of information on it. Um, but if you look at the website examining WMSDOG, um, mm -hmm. you'll find some court cases on the website and you'll see that Big Shine is mentioned in there. So I myself, I went on LinkedIn, the website LinkedIn, and I looked at um, members who were actually members of Church of God and they were affiliated with Big Shine. So I know for a fact that World Mission Society, Church of God members are affiliated with the company. I just don't know much else about it. There's yeah. not a lot okay. out there about it, but I do recommend members researching it and looking mm -hmm. into the court cases and just kind of reading the court cases for yourself. Yep. So tell us was, about, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that was one red flag. I mean, there's so, what? there was so many others that kind of led me out, but. Um, oh, one, one major one, I'm sorry, is my brother. No, go ahead. You know, I no, mentioned that he was homeless, um, and they kicked him out. That was probably the one that hit, hit home for me. It was like, so they, they, they kicked him out, not because of him wanting to leave or, or it, it was, it was just because of his financial situation at the time. Yeah. Um, according to my brother, when I last talked to him, um, he said that, you know, he wasn't allowed back into the church until he was financially stable. Um, and my, I mean, my brother still believes in the church. Okay. And is he, is he older or younger than you? He's one year older. 
Okay. And I mean, I I feel like he just probably was more. I mean, he's probably been more affected from the church than me, just because mm-hmm. um, it affected him more. I mean, he was he was supposed to the pastor at the time was arranging for him to be married to a Korean sister. And he said no. And after that, it was just kind of like, he, was, he wasn't he was treated the same. Wow. And, That's crazy. Yeah. So, so a lot of, a lot of bad experiences that, um, yeah, are hugely problematic. And, and a lot of things that are similar to all the other testimonies we hear that I think just continue to show when you sign up to join this group, you're signing up for some not good stuff for, for, for a, a experience in life that is just going to not be good. And, and the, f- the fruit of these things that they're doing the way they're, you know, just, just kicking your brother out f- for the reason they did. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of bewildering and, and how they, it just kind of reminds me again of what, how Jesus talks about, you know, that you, you strain out a gnat and swallow a camel and they're so focused, passionate about Sabbath and, and, and festivals and things like that, but they, they're so good at neglecting mercy and compassion and, and love. And, and in your case, you know, your, your sincere struggle with depression, which is just a horrible, terribly difficult thing to, to, to have and to struggle with um, and and to have a group of people that you are relying on that are your really your family um, that rather than giving sympathy and help they make you feel guilty <laughs> for that and they put more guilt more more uh, just load you with more burdens rather than help you carry the burden you're carrying and and all of it is just, um, yeah, set such a clear indication that this is not the church of God. This is not, that is not a representation of God on the earth. Yeah. I mean, and I, I did have conversations with my um, leader of the church with my questions. I presented my questions to him and gave him an, an opportunity to, you know, I guess back up his you. his church, and um, he didn't really give me any answers. And I know that um, other former members have said that too. I mean, I didn't just completely just be like, "No, you guys are false." Like, I wanted to give that chance also for them to speak. Yeah. And you know, I remember asking him, "I want to know why God is doing other members." I asked him that on the phone and why, why God is suing. Is that what you said? Suing other members. I feel like God has more things to do than just sit, sit around and, you know, look at former members and be like, Oh, I want to sue that member. You know, like, come on. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Jesus, you know, Peter talks about how Christ, when he was insulted, he didn't respond with insults when he was slandered he didn't respond with slandering. You know, you, you literally have God in flesh being punched in the face, having his beard ripped out, being accused of things he did not do, being being lied about. 
accused as a criminal, the, the, the most innocent person ever. And, and he didn't retaliate. He didn't, he didn't respond with, with aggression or, or try to vindicate himself. Um, and yeah. And, and, you know, you have Jesus teaching, pray for your enemies. You, you know, he says, you've heard it said, uh, eye for eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, if your enemy, you know, insults you to, to, he says, pray, bless them, do good to those who, who persecute you. And so if, if it is really persecution that these former members are inflicting on the WMSCOG when they're coming out speaking against the church, if, if that's persecution, then guys, Jesus has given you clear direction for how you are to respond to that. And, and it's not by suing and trying to vindicate yourself and attacking and, and trying to uh, uh, make that person's character seem like they're, you know, just this Satan in the flesh kind of kind of thing. And, and that's, but that's what they do. Uh, that's how they respond to attacks. Um, I, I, I don't, and ha- I've never seen an example from the WMSUG of responding to their enemies in the way Jesus has commanded them to. And, and this is just stuff that, you know, this gets, gets back to this group's emphasis and focus on commands uh, that, you know, I get this all the time. What, you know, you don't keep the command of Sabbath. You don't keep the, the, the commands of the feast and, and, and just sort of that's that kind of accusation in response to our videos. But guys, the Sermon on the Mount contains, I think, the weightiest commands of Jesus that there are. Why, why are you so concerned with whether or not you're you're observing a certain day, but you're completely unconcerned with the love, mercy, and kindness you're showing to other people. Wh- which one of those things, love, kindness, compassion, mercy, or observance of days and festivals, which one of those does Jesus focus on more? Which one does he emphasize more? Which one does he talk about more? Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's 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 one of those things where they are, this goes back to Tim, <clears throat> me and Tim Hoffman's video where, where they are focused so much on these lesser, lighter matters of the law. And they focus in on these, uh, or they're focusing on those less significant, less important matters. And they completely neglect the thing that really matters, which is mercy, love, love for God and love for others. And it's just neglected. Yeah, and he did. I mean, he didn't really have any answers for me. And I mean, if this was the truth, I would have concrete answers. Um, I did also bring up the the Divine Principle book that was written by one of the the Mooney guy, the Sung Myung Moon or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was written before An Sung Hong wrote his books, and it has you know coming from the east and. It has uh, the bride in there. It has um, fig tree. It has all of the studies that we learned in this book. And I asked him, you know, why is it that this, our studies are in this book? If Aung San Hong is unique to these teachings, unique to Church of God, then why does the Moonies have this similar studies? And he didn't have an answer either. And then um, there's a document of An Sung Hong's uh, baptism date, um, mm-hmm. which I think is 54, um, yep. and they say yep. 1948. So, I mean, to this day, I don't have 
And um, I've even reached out to some of the, some, I reached out to a sister and I reached out to a deaconess and the deaconess, she was supposed to call me. She never did. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't have any answers from them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they if didn't, they sister, didn't. Yeah, they didn't give answers to your questions. I was just going to say, if Mother God is, you know, they, they tell us constantly, she loves us, you know, to the point of death and all this, then why haven't I gotten a phone call from Mother? Why hasn't she told me, hey, you know, I miss you. I love you. This is the answers to your question. Please come back to the truth. Like, mm -hmm. I haven't gotten anything from yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a legitimate question to ask. And and for the, I did see mother too in Korea as you, well. You met so her. you would think that yeah. Okay. Did she know your name? Uh she had to read my name tag. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what what is what has your faith journey been like since leaving the group and, and where if, if you're okay with me asking, where are you at now with, with faith in God and, and, and how do you see the Bible and, and things like that? Um, so when I, when I first left, it was hard to um, go back to the Bible and start reading it. So I gave myself, myself some time um, and then eventually I ended up just diving back into it. Um, and um, at this point, I'm still on my journey. I'm still um, doing my own research as far as um, the Bible and making sure that I read context instead of just, I want to pick and choose verses. Um, so I'm still just on my journey. I'm still researching. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know now that World Mission Society Church of God is not the truth because right. um, I've been doing my own reading and before, you know, there's always this little doubt in your mind, but I don't have that anymore. Mm. Um, so when you, when you leave, you kind of go through a season of still having kind of in the back of your mind, the what if questions of what, what if this is true? What if I'm actually going to hell because of leaving this group, things like that. But you're saying that that eventually goes away. Yeah. Like I said, that's why it's so important for former members to just do your research because, um, little by little it'll start going it'll start leaving the the what ifs will start leaving your mind um so yeah the more and more i do my own research the more bible reading i do um then the more i i am confident that it's it was all a facade it was all yeah. a lie yeah. it was all made up yep so you you haven't been impacted by by this group in the way that has led you to kind of just throw out the idea of faith in God? Um, no, I mean, I'm still open to uh, Christianity. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not attending church, um, mm -hmm. but um, I'm not completely closed-minded either about yeah. it. Um, I guess I'm just still on my journey. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing my researching and I'm still reading the Bible and I'm still just trying to get a feel of who I am. And yeah, which I think is, is where, where we're all at. <laughs> That's certainly where I'm at. So, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, it's good to hear. I think, 
I think um, a lot of people probably leave this group and through associations with with this group to the Bible and even to to God himself to thoughts about who God is and what he's like. I think it when you leave this group, I would I would imagine and, and I think it's common thing that we hear from a lot of members is that it, it's really hard to to continue having a faith or to know what to do with what to do with God, what to do with the Bible and, and even just having somewhat of an aversion to to the Bible or to the idea of God. Um, do you feel like you've experienced any of that and, and how have you kind of dealt with with the, with those kind of thoughts and emotions? Um, I definitely did have felt, you know, I don't know, what do I do now? You know, I didn't know, I felt uncomfortable with the name Jesus even just because it was so, it was drilled into our minds that Jesus is not the name anymore. Um, so it was hard to, I found myself difficult to pray, um, difficult to read the Bible just because you have that mindset of just, sometimes you, you read a verse that we, I used to read back then when preaching and it's kind of like a little bit of PTSD, like, Oh, I used to read that verse. Like to remember, like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's just, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm completely atheist. I, I guess I would put myself more agnostic, mm-hmm. I guess, um, as far as I'm not, I'm not close-minded. I mean, but I'm also not willing to happily go into a church at this point just yeah. because I don't want to be naive again and I don't want to be taken advantage of again. Mm-hmm. So I'm just a little bit more cautious. I would and say. this is all all pretty fresh for you. I mean, you haven't, in the broad scheme of things, you haven't been out of the group for, for you know, a, a huge amount of time. And so I think a lot of this is still fresh. And, and yeah. I, you know, I hope you're encouraged and others are encouraged by other members who we're talking to that have been out for, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years. And, and the, I think it seems that there's a pattern. The ones who are more recent having left this group, you see, uh, you see a lot of similarities to what you're saying. It's just, it's just, you're in the process where it's much more difficult to, to really know with any kind of certainty. What, what do you think about God? What do you think about the Bible? And you're seeing people farther along that, that are a little bit more, um, settled, I guess, and, and have kind of, you know, I think it's just that that simple concept of time heals, you know, everything. And so that's not that's not a slant against you or where you're at. It's just I think more of an encouragement to say that there I just think there's a lot of hope and it, it makes sense that leaving this, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of baggage that comes with it. Um, a lot of I think just emotional damage that was done, a lot of healing that needs to happen. Um, but but it's it's fun to see a lot of the people who have been out for more years. Um, um, coming back even to a faith in God and realizing I don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, and, and the WMSUG does not accurately represent who God is or, or what he's like. And I think it takes some time, though, to retrain your mind to even be able to think that way and, and process things that way. Yes, it definitely does. I mean, it's, I feel like the research has definitely been helping me a lot and I just 
I encourage the silent watchers, silent readers um, to just, you know, do your research, look at the comments that members are leaving, read the court cases on the website. Um, really, I mean, that's going to help you. I mean, it's helped me. And I, I still have, you know, I, I'm probably should seek therapy. I mean, I would recommend former members seeking therapy. Um, I haven't, but I probably should because yeah. it's, I mean, it's a lot of emotional damage. I mean, you're being yeah. told constantly that you're unworthy. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really just messed up. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know how else to say it. Yeah. So Tell us, I guess, to kind of wrap this up and, and you might've already kind of said it, but um, what would you, what would you say to, uh, I think both current members that are in this group that may be watching or may watch in the future or to those who have left and are maybe really struggling right now with that? Would you have any, any words of advice or encouragement? Um, for current members, um, I would say, you know, members who've left, um, it's not because they're in love with the world or they're in love with sinly desires. Um, some members like myself, I left because I just didn't feel right. I mean, I felt the, it was hypocritical of the way some members were being treated, um, so just keep that in mind. I mean, it's not always a lot of the times Church of God will say, you know, they left because they loved the desires of the world or they yeah. left for money. Um, that's not the case. I mean, like I said, like there's a lot of hypocritical things going on in the church and um, love is love. And, you know, love is not only a fake love that we learned in Zion, like, just listen to former members and give us the chance. I mean, we're not evil. We're not demonic. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, you're, you're just, you're sincere people who have begun to think objectively. You've begun to ask questions. You saw legitimate issues within this group. You ask why you, you looked for solutions to the, these problems and you didn't find solutions. And, uh, through a process of researching, you've discovered that this group is, it is what it is. It's false. Right. And it's not like I didn't give a chance for the leader of the church to provide me answers. I did, and I didn't receive any. And a lot of former members haven't received um, mm -hmm. any answers. Like, I don't know, like Kelsey, she had questions too, and she didn't get answers. Um, so as far as um, members who are former and who are struggling, um, like I said, take time for yourself. It's important to know who you are again outside of Church of God and know who you are as a person um, and you know, whatever that may be, you know, spending time with family, taking a spa day, taking a vacation, maybe not right now because of the pandemic, but, <laughs> you know, take some time for yourself. Watch a TV show. I mean, I yeah. couldn't even watch a TV show when I was in the church. Watch a TV show, you know, enjoy uh, your children enjoy learning how to cook a meal like just enjoy the time you have now because you're going to have time outside of the church of god 
And then second, like I said, deconstruct your mind. You need to do your research. You need to really undo everything that they told you in your mind, that you're a sinner, you're unworthy. Um, this is the truth. Like I said, you need to really do your research and really just try and read the Bible, but give yourself time. Don't, don't push yourself to the point where you're just frustrated. You know, like you have to mm-hmm. give time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think time is, is important. Like if you're, if you're feeling alone and you feel like you have no one else, you can always reach out to former members. Um, you can reach out to me and um, I would be willing to talk to you and we can talk about our struggles in the church and talk about who we are now as people. And um, uh, sometimes the church will say, you know, we're miserable now. Um, I can say I am not miserable. (laughs) I um, enjoy my life. I enjoy my children. I mean, when you're a leader, you don't even have time to make dinner. As you're off work, you flee to Zion. You, you, spend all your time there. And so now I enjoy sitting down at the table and having a good family meal and talking to each other and just, yeah, you have to learn how to, how to live your life again. Really? You do. Yeah. You're yeah. You're, you are an individual with specific purposes in life, with specific calling, with specific Deep down, I think God created you and everyone else with with just unique desires and goals and 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 things that you uh, are good at. And when you enter this group, you know you're just joining the ranks of of the robots, and and you lose. You're kind of forced to lose all that. You're forced to lay aside your own uniqueness and your own, you know, your own what your own passions and things that you enjoy, and even to the point of your family. Um, and the good news is when you leave, you, you get that back. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's not something to feel guilty over to enjoy these things. It's sad because I know members who are just, they completely shut off their parents, you know, their parents yes. who try yes. to reach out and, and they're like, you know, please take a, if they even try to expose the World Mission Society Church of God, they get shut off from their lives. And I've known members to do that. Members are pressured into, you know, if your family doesn't join and agree with the doctrine, then sort of separate yourself from them. And, and, um, you know, we've heard of instances where there's, you know, even threats of like moving the, the child to a different state, putting them in a different Zion. Um, And it's, yeah, it's, it's just that separation and division that I think does happen. I think there, this is another issue that they know is not looking, it doesn't look good for them. And so I think they're, they've been trying to do some things to, to move away from that. But, but I think it's, it's clear that, yeah, that that's something they do is they're going to divide you from your family. Again, the, the things that are most important in life, they, they teach you to neglect. Yes. And I mean, look at it this way, you know, for current members or former members, if you, when you're in the World Mission Society Church of God and you choose to cut off your family, then when you leave Church of God, your family is going to be there for you. But when I left, Church of God was not there for me. So who's your real family? 
Hmm. You know, who has your back at the end of the day? Your family is always going to be there no matter what what you tell them. If you say, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you because you're a sinner and you think my church is a false church. And then say you do end up leaving. Who's going to have your back? Is the church of God going to have your back or is your family going to have your back? Yeah. The church of God's going to be attacking you from, from yeah. behind. They're going to be attacking your, your back as you turn away, you know. But uh, yeah, that your your family is the one in this situation with the unconditional love for you, not this group. This 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 group's love is anything but unconditional. Yeah, I would not describe it as unconditional. I mean, like I said, I haven't heard a peep out of Mother God. So yes, right, right. Well, Heather, thanks a lot for for coming on and sharing your story. I, I'm. So yeah, glad that you are, you're out of this group and know that you're on a journey, know that you are, you know, you're facing things and experiences and, and things that you're healing from that I'm sure I can't understand, but I know that you are heading in the right direction. And um, yeah, I'm just so glad that you're, and thankful that you're willing to come on and share your story. And, and I just know it'll, it'll help other people and others will be encouraged by, by hearing your experiences, being able to relate to it and, and just seeing that you're doing okay. You're, you're doing good. Um, apart from this group. Yes. And I hope that, you know, it helps too. I hope that it hopefully opens some eyes and they wake up. You have been listening to the great light podcast. To find more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to support this program and partner with the Ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so through our website. There you can also find both video and audio versions of this podcast.